2nd of June, 2021, the start of the English summer. The 38-year-old Jimmy Anderson and his partner Stuart Broad are steaming in from both ends at Lords. There is no better sight for bowlers in Test match cricket. At the other end, Tom Latham is on strike for New Zealand. Both competitors are subconsciously looking at the bigger picture. James Anderson is looking towards the Ashes, taking place later this year. More on that later. And Tom Latham is imagining a game against India at the picturesque Aegeus Bowl. Welcome back to Views from Third Man. For those of you who are first-time listeners, this is a cricket podcast where we look at the events of world cricket from a fan's point of view. And today we're looking at the final frontier, the last hurdle, the ultimate face-off, something that I'm personally very excited about. The final of the World Test Championship is taking place on the 18th of June. And it's only fair to say that the top two teams in the world across all three formats, India and New Zealand, will face off in this encounter. Let's have a look at New Zealand first. Because, you know, they're already in England playing a two-match series against the host side. New Zealand and Kane Williamson has ever since the 2019 World Cup been able to build a bit of an aura around themselves. Apart from being everybody's second favourite team, they're also arguably the best team in the world across all formats. And much like India, have an incredible amount of depth. Their team just rolls off the tip of one's tongue. I mean, you look batting order-wise, Tom Latham across all conditions has by far been the best test opener in the world. And his numbers in comparison to somebody like a David Warner or Rohit Sharma are shockingly spectacular. His opening partner, Devin Conway, just scored a 100 on debut at Lords against James Anderson and Stuart Broad and is said to be the most exciting player New Zealand has seen since a certain Mr. Kane Williamson, who apart from being the number one test batsman in the world and captain of their side is the perfect number three. Ross Taylor then comes in for New Zealand at number four. He's the perfect foil for somebody like Kane Williamson because he's been around for a long time and his experience at number four along with the solidity of Henry Nichols at number five gives them a lot of solidity in the middle order, something a lot of teams don't have in difficult batting conditions. New Zealand then finish their batting order with BJ Watling. He's 36-37 years old and is retiring after the World Test Championship final, but he's somebody who's gone under the radar for the long period of time and has consistently formed. He's that kind of player with a 45 strike rate, 40 average, 3 or 4 test hundreds who adds a lot to a very well-rounded side. Then they have two all-rounders in Colin de Grandholm and Mitchell Santner. Both very capable with the bat but offer a lot with the ball as well. And then New Zealand play their three fast bowlers in which they really are spoiled for choice. I mean, they could play three of Trent Bolt, Tim Saudi, Neil Wagner, Kyle Jamieson or Matt Henry. And frankly, picking three out of those five may be the most difficult task they have to do before this championship. And they're already playing a series in England, so they'll get used to conditions. And no country's conditions mirror England's as well as New Zealand's do. So really, one does have to say that going into this match, New Zealand start favourites. But by what margin do the Kiwis start favourites? I think there's a couple of reasons why I think it's only a 60-40 margin. And we'll get to that after we have a look at India. So let's have a look at India then. 
India has been the number one test side in the world for five years running. And that process really began in Adelaide in 2014, where the young Virat Kohli took over an Indian team that was seventh in the ICC test match rankings, used his love for fast bowling and competitive spirit to transform the system of Indian cricket. India started playing in home conditions in the 2015-16-17 season against all the best teams in the world. Their strategy was simple. Our batsmen will get 450 runs every time we go out to bat and Ashwin and Jadeja will spin a web of tricks to trap the opposition. But that plan didn't work overseas. At the beginning of 2018, India lost a series in South Africa. That result isn't the one we're supposed to focus on though. The 4-1 loss in England in June-July 2018 is what one should be focusing on over here. Then, India went on to win two back-to-back Border Gavaskar trophies in Australia in 2018-19 and 2020-21. There were a couple of series wins against South Africa and the West Indies along the way, but a series loss against New Zealand meant that India may not be as strong as they were on paper. And that's the problem India have going into this final, because... On paper, India happened to be spoiled for choice. There's so many players and the depth of Indian cricket has never been greater. But the one place a team could possibly beat this Indian team, that team would be New Zealand A because they beat them 2-0 in New Zealand and the place to do it is a cloudy day in England. So the conditions are already against India. Given that that's the case, let's look at what their first 11 could look like. I think Rohit Sharma picks himself as the first opener. Let's just go through the 11 first and then assess the problems. Rohit Sharma picks himself as the first opener and therefore we hit our first problem straight away. Who opens with him? Mayank Agarwal was in the form of his life in 2019, but that was over a year and a half ago. He had a good IPL in 2020, but ever since then his form has just been going downhill. There's a little bit of a downward spiral for Mayank Agarwal. Shubman Gill showed a lot of promise in Australia, but he's also tapered off a little bit. Out of the two, I'd still go with Mayank Agarwal simply because he's the more experienced player out of the two. The next three batsmen pick themselves. Actually, the next four batsmen pick themselves because you really have to go with Chiteshwar Pujara, Virat Kohli and Ajinkya Rahane. And then Rishabh Pant, I think, slots in very well at number six irrespective of the combination you choose for number 7 and 8, because there's a couple of different options India could go with. You could either play somebody like a Ravindra Jadeja at number 7 and Shardul Thakur at 8. In case you want that seam bowling option, somebody to come in and swing the ball, get it to nip around a little bit in English conditions. Or you could go with a Hanuma Vihari, Ravi Chandran, Ashwin combination. Vihari famously saved that test match for India in Sydney. Vihari and Ashwin both did actually. And frankly, I think Hanuma Vihari's done enough to prove that he deserves a place in this side. But how can you leave out the rockstar in Jadeja? How can Ashwin and Jadeja, the players who've got the most wickets for India ever since that 2014 tour, not play the final? Not play the game where all of this is supposed to culminate together to make India the most dominant side in the world. So, I think Ashwin and Jadeja should play at 7 and 8 respectfully. And then the three fast bowlers pick themselves. With Ishan Sharma coming in at number 9, Mohamed Shami at number 10 and Jaspreet Bumrah at number 11. That three-plong fast bowling attack offers swing, seam, pace and variety with somebody like a Bumrah with his action that batsmen may not be used to playing. So, what's going against India? Because on paper, the teams are pretty well matched. In fact, one could say that India has a better bowling lineup than New Zealand, and their batting lineup has far more depth with somebody like an Ashwin who's got four test hundreds coming in at number eight. 
I think there's two things that go against India going into this final. The first is the form of Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli. Virat Kohli in particular. Rohit Sharma, the only question mark is that he has never got an overseas test 100 and he's never opened the batting before in England. And with the other openers not doing particularly well over the last six to seven months, it's imperative that Rohit Sharma starts well in England. But the big question is King Kohli. Virat Kohli hasn't got a 100 since November of 2019 and that's a huge problem for India going into this final because if there's one player who can single-handedly win a game for India in a big match situation. If there's one player who can turn the game around with one big score, you look down this Indian team and there's so many batsmen who are incredible. But the one player with that match-changing ability is Virat Kohli. He did it last time India were in England, where he made 600 runs in the entire series. Coming back from that 2014, that tour where he only made about 140 runs. The one person who could single-handedly power India to this trophy may not be able to do it. So it's imperative that Virat Kohli tries his level best to get that 71st Test 100, 71st International 100, sorry, to match Ricky Ponting in the World Test Championship final. And Zohar Shalma gets that first overseas Test 100. If both of those two instances take place on that day, it's going to be a delight for Indian fans. But more importantly, India will finally win an ICC trophy after almost eight years. That's another thing to look at, actually. India haven't won an ICC trophy since 2014. But have India been bad at ICC tournaments? No, forget the thought. We made the final of the World T20 in 2014, the semi-final of the World Cup in 2015, the semi-final of the T20 World Cup in 2016, and then 2017, India made the final of the Champions Trophy and the semi-final of of the World Cup in 2019, only to get knocked out by New Zealand in the World Cup semi-final of 2019. So, India haven't won an ICC trophy in a very long time. The last time India won an ICC trophy, MS Dhoni was still captain of India across all three formats. And Sachin Tendulkar had just retired from one-day cricket. He still hadn't retired from test cricket. That's how long it's been. So, maybe that's a factor that could play on this Indian team's mind. I mean, they've been so dominant over the last five years. The last thing one would want is the thought of what if we lose to creep into their heads? But given the way this Indian team is played, given the way they've been able to bounce back from difficult situations, given that the conditions, the opposition and everyone in the world is against them, expect them to come out hard, expect them to not care what people think, expect them to give it their best and expect them to hopefully win the World Test Championship final and be the best test team in the world.